Welcome back to the Men's Divorce and Cordell and Cordell video and podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and managing partner of Cordell and Cordell. We continue to bring you the latest information on COVID-19 and how it's affecting guys in family law before, during, and after a divorce. And today is no different. We want to bring you information on child support and we're going to Connecticut and one of our attorneys up there. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me today. Well, thanks. I know that uh, this, uh, when we look at the unemployment numbers, 36, 39 million unemployed, it's crazy. We know that within there, we're probably talking 9, 10 million guys have issues about child support, about spousal support, whatever it is, modifications in general. And so we wanted to bring, I know uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about it, and I think this is ripe uh, for this conversation. But before we do that, obviously, I want to make sure that guys understand that this isn't an attorney-client relationship. We don't want to give legal advice here. I'm not licensed in Connecticut. I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. And so obviously, what we're talking about is educational and informational we want you to, to write these things down and, and take it to an attorney and, and really use these as discussion points and talking points uh, to get the legal advice that you need. Uh, but typically we do this to make sure guys understand what they can do, what they should do and what they must do. Uh, and so write these down, get to a lawyer. And if you need to consult with us, uh, wherever you are, as you know, we're across the country, including the UK, you can reach us at 866-DADS-LAW or at the web cordellcordell.com. All right, so let's talk about child support in Connecticut, but I think maybe as we did last time when uh, you joined on the uh, podcast, let's talk about the status of Connecticut courts now, what's going on. So guys know, before we talk about modifications and child support calculations, uh, you know, what can they do in Connecticut right now? So we're still on a pretty heavy shutdown in the courts. Um, they are opening up things such as status conferences and family law pretrials through um, an online like video conferencing thing. Um, and that platform seems to be working to try to work through some of the log jams, but anything that requires a hearing is not being scheduled. I think the first one that I have seen so far is actually in August. Wow. Um, I think that they are going to try to do some stuff in June and July, but um, I think the June piece was very hopeful. <laughs> At least yeah. that's what we're hearing from judges. Uh, they are processing, however, agreements. So, for example, I have several divorces that um, could go to judgment, and they've created now a way for us to have a final judgment approved, um, and that applies to post-judgment matters as well. So if you can reach an agreement on something like, you know, what we're going to talk about today, the child support modification, we could actually get that agreed and done. Um, if there isn't an agreement, then there's going to be a delay with that. Yeah, it's, you know, that's kind of happening around the country. We have pockets in our Cordell offices where the courts are open and they're taking, you know, cases as we go. But, you know, it doesn't mean that they can't file something and at least get in line or come to an agreement, right? That's absolutely correct. You know, um, you know, one of the things that's really important is the sooner that you file, the sooner that the retroactivity kicks in if you can't reach an agreement. So, yeah. you know, for example, if, if the money that you pay for child support number is that that's going to go down, you want it sooner rather than later to protect that date of filing. Um, so it will go back to the date of filing as opposed to the date that you get into the court. Yeah, and retroactivity is such a hot topic and it's so important with the 10 million guys that are struggling to pay uh, the court-ordered amounts or even amounts that aren't court-ordered and they're in the middle of a divorce. And you know that, that kind of blends us into the question of guys want to know, you know, they filed for divorce, but they don't know how child support's going to be calculated. So maybe you can talk a little bit about Connecticut 
Uh, I know there are guys listening right now in your state and the surrounding areas, and they want to know, how is my child support going to be calculated? Maybe start us off with the basics. Is there a calculator? Is there guidelines? What is it, and how do they start calculating it? Yeah, so in Connecticut, it's based on an income shares model. Um, and so what they look at is the gross income of the parties. There are small credits for things like who is paying you know, the health insurance for the family or you know, what each party pays for that um, if they're paying for their own. Um, and they really just look at gross income, that's it. And then the calculation is based on a set of guidelines and it's, you put it into a program and it tells you based on what your gross incomes are, what the percentage, percentage or share of the amount that should go to that child, of support that should go to that child. So it could be you know, a 50-50 split if your incomes are relatively close, it could be completely different if there's a major disparity in the incomes. So now with COVID, obviously, you know, you may have uh, an entirely different situation. So how do you think courts are going to look at this? I mean, I think I've likened it to the recession back in the, you know, the early 2000s, mid 2000s in, ter in terms of, you know, guys losing their job, furloughs, pay cuts, bonuses aren't coming around, uh, stock options, whatever it is over time, they're not getting it. So how's the court going to look at income? You know, post COVID, if they're, you know, at the start of the divorce, they were making 50,000. Now they're making zero. What's going to, what's the court going to do with that? So I think you have to look at the circumstances as they stand at the time that your, your order is entering. Okay. So if at the time of the divorce, someone was making a lot of money, um, and then now in this current situation, they're greatly reduced by, you know, whatever percentage, or they're not making anything, you know, the courts are going to look at the salaries as they stand at the time that you're seeking the modification. Um, you have to be able to show to the court a substantial change in circumstances, and that typically ranges in like the 15% mark. So if you're looking at a change in income, if it's, if it's greater than 15%, uh, you know, at that point, you probably have exactly what you need, at least to meet that initial step of, you know, is there a substantial change in circumstances from the prior court order? Mm -hmm. And so you have to take a look at that. If it's, if it's within the 15%, you know, you need to sit down and run the numbers and find out whether it's really in your client's best interest, you know, to do that. But if they're not working at all, obviously that's a huge difference. Um, yeah. And we'd have to look at it at that 